Around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club. Hosted by Douglas Hammond Dishay. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. How you guys doing out there? Another show. This is Douglas Hammond DJ for the Mic Drop Club. Today, this is our first interview in 2020. New decades, new attitudes, new goals need to be set. I'm super, super, super blessed today that I followed through on a few of my tips I was given in terms of keeping myself open. And there's an acronym I'm going to start the show with. It's called Being Raw. It comes from an artist by the name of Big Daddy Kane. And that basically stands for ready and willing. So when you keep yourself ready and willing at all times, certain things will come into your your orbit, certain things will come into your into your life unexpectedly. And today is like no other. I'm happy to meet Lee Joyce. Lee Joyce is a competition standard um, jujitsu athlete. So I know a lot of you out there, you're looking towards um, fitness, you're looking towards um, more healthy lifestyle. So what better way should we start the first interview for 2020 with somebody that is dynamic, Somebody, just as the intro says, that's doing great things, yeah? A person of influence, a person that's focused and motivated. You don't get much more motivation than somebody that is dedicating their life in the pursuit of their goals and they can show and improve with those skills, okay? Um, so I'm going to introduce you guys to, once again, Lee Joyce. How are you doing to the mic? Hi, How are you? I'm fine. I'm good. I am super pumped. This is the one that we needed to get 2020 off on the right um, footing because we need a lot of um, thrust. We need a lot of motivation to break the norm sometimes. Amazing. So um, how's the week been? Yeah, very, very good. Um, it's, it's been a wonderful start to 220. Um, you know, this year, it's a, it's a big year for me. It's a, uh, a year that I've been putting in um, a lot of work for a long time. Excellent. To, to get e- to. So. E- excellent. So we'll, we'll get into some of that during during the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to sit down with you and talk to you in terms of not only get into your mind, sure. but I could download, <laughs> is it upload? No, it's download. Download, download yeah. some of your um, experiences in terms of how you combat certain situations. Because sure. again, you're talking about jinjitsu. Jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu. 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 I always have been corrected. I have been corrected like three times already. <laughs> yeah. So it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So when you're talking about this is a one-to-one combat type sport. Yeah. This is correct. So it's not like the team fair, like when you're watching football and all that kind of stuff. It's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So it's human being versus other human beings. So there are a lot of things that we need to factor in there sure. in terms of Mind, this is great. It's mind conditioning, indeed. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because uh, sometimes you can see somebody, particularly when you watch boxing, someone's mm-hmm. really lost, yeah, when they're walking towards yeah. the ring, <laughs> yeah. you can see it in their face, of right? Course, yeah. Right, so I want to I wanted to touch upon some of that and also want to get into well, let's start straight away. Um, tell me a bit about your background, how and how did you get into the, the martial arts? Sure, you? so I grew up in East London. Um, it was a roughish area that I grew up in. I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of growth around us. You know, people seem to be stuck in their, in their mindset, yeah. stuck in their environment. Um, me personally, I, I had a wonderful mother, you know, she, she, she went to the end of the world for me. Um, and then I had the other side where my father was very tough. 
Um, I didn't have a good relationship with him. Um, it was it was sketchy to, to begin with, you know, and, and it followed me for a long time throughout my life. Um, it tended to be a, a big weight on my shoulders that um, I, I, I grew up with quite a lot of issues because of it. Were you a single child? Or- I am. I am. Yeah, I'm an only child. So I sort of had the mixture between my my mother being um, wanting to baby me, wanting me to have like, um, you know, to go go to school and study. And then I had my dad that was like, you have to be tough. You, got, yeah. you have to be an adult, you know, at a young age, which uh, for a child is, is, is not the way you raise a child, you know? So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. And growing up, um, I, a lot of the people around me, the way that they um, gained an income was through selling drugs. Um, the way that, people dealt with stress was through taking drugs, you know? Um, and I was no different. I, I grew up with the same, the the same, um, the same problems. Sure. Sure. And again, um, we we talked about, um, your back, back people's backgrounds before in other shows for the mic drop club. And you don't choose your background. No, you know, you inherit it, of course. But then what we do about it defines who we are. This is it. You know, because I'm sure you have people that still, in that environment. Oh, for sure. In your circle, right? That, that have never got out. Yeah, never know? got out, yeah. yeah. So there's something unique about yourself. Thank you. For you to break out of that. Thank you. Okay, and because especially when expectations are low. Yeah. Yeah, and we yeah. see this across the board, no matter what color God has given you, <laughs> black, white, Chinese, if you're in a certain situation, mm-hmm. you're in it there, you're in there together. Oh, yeah. That urban, um, maybe deprivation in there or- Collective consciousness. There you go. Yeah. There, you, there you go. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's a big word. Yeah. To consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And we're all culpable within that environment to look after each other. But then to come out of it, wow. what were your steps? What, what was happening there? So um, I think the, the, main, the main reason for me was, you know, I got in a lot of trouble. Um, the, the thing that stopped me doing anything um, massively drastic was the thought of hurting my mother. You know, that was the thing that kept me grounded, the only thing that kept me grounded. Um, Because I I got to a point where, you know, I can actually remember a time when I was sitting in my bedroom and I must have been uh, anywhere between 15 to 17. And I was, and I sat there and I thought, you know, I hate this environment so much that I'm going to go out today and I need to change something because there's nothing where um, there was, you know, we weren't working. My mum was short on money. Um, people around me were, it were you know, like we, we would get, we would get bullied. Um, and I had the mindset of I'm going to go out tonight and I don't care if I go to jail for life or I die. That was my mentality as a child, you know. So growing up and, and, and going through that, um, it got to a point where, you know, when I started approaching my twenties, I thought well, something's got to change. Yeah. You know, this this has to change, and the only person that's going to change it is going to be myself. Luckily, when I was younger, um, the one thing that my father did do for me was he put me into karate, which was my first discipline. So I'd always I, I come away from it, but I'd always had that that um, I'd always had that discipline, you know, it was something that I, I could go back to. And then going through my life, um, you know, I'd always done things um, in my own head by milestones. So like I, I had problems with drugs um, when I was, I mean, when I was 17, I had a six month stint with a hard drug. Yep. It was crack cocaine okay. for six months. Um, and, you know, I didn't have any help in that for that six months. I, because obviously in that, in that, um, when you grow up in that environment, you're, you have the drug dealers and you have the people that are doing the drugs. So you have people that are, you know, they will look at look at someone that has those addiction problems mm. as weaker, yes. as underneath them. So 
I was always viewed myself as a strong person. And when I dabbled in that, it was a, it was a, a thing that I, I was friends with someone at the time. He knew someone that was selling it and he said, do you want to try it? So I said, you know what, nothing to lose. Let's, let's give it a go. We tried it. Um, and it was like, oh, that's not that bad. It's not like everyone says first time you do it, you're going to be addicted. Yeah. So a couple of weeks later, let's do it again. Then you're talking six months down to the line, we're still smoking it, right? So this was the point when I looked in the mirror, I looked at myself at a 17-year-old child um, that was doing something ridiculously bad for your health. Um, And I looked at myself and I I thought, you're turning into a drug addict, you know, and that's not a route I want to take. Wow. Wow. So even at that age and, and at that time, you could see, you could sense the shift yeah. from being somebody that can decide to take drugs or not take it because exactly. there's a reliance there. Of course. Of course. And we do know about the cocaine with the, how it affects the dopamine sure. receptor. So it's still like the reward of course. thing. So you feel like you, you get this rush of you've, you've found something and you've achieved something. Yeah. So yeah. That, that craving... That, 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 that yearning for that reward mm-hmm. type of feeling. Mm-hmm. Did you have it before taking the cocaine anyway? Um, I think it was more a, more, more of a, more of a loss. Don't know what you're doing with your life feeling, you know? I think it's that you, you actually just don't care anymore, you know? Yeah. But like I said, I have always had my mother there. So, it was like I had all this stress from people around me. You know, I had older guys or so-called gangsters yeah. in the area that were um, on your case, putting a lot of pressure on you, yeah. bullying you, yeah. robbing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had my dad that would bully me. Be a man. This yeah. is how you need to do. And then I had my mum. My mum's just loving me, you yeah. know, and she's working, she's working long hours. She's still trying to live her life, but she would work long hours and then she would need her release as well. So she would go out with her friends and she would be, I'll be home at 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock rolls around, one o'clock rolls around, she's still not home, I'm panicking. So by the time she walks through the door, I'm now going crazy. Yeah. You know, where the hell have you been? Screaming and shouting. Um, it was it was bad. You know? So there's a lot of high expressed emotions yeah. pent up in there. You're, For sure. You talked about... Um, being an adult before your time. Yeah. You know, massive. So again, a, a young child waiting for their mother to come back home, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. that should have been your father. Yeah. Doing that. Exactly. But, but you, you took that mantle and feeling the, the pressures of obviously now um, living up to expectations. Yeah. And I find a lot of young people go through similar sort of backgrounds in, in the sense of they're not being able to live in accordance to how they need to be living as a young child. They've they, got these high, expect, high expectations, mm-hmm. either through high-performing families mm-hmm. or underperforming families. Yeah, yeah. And then when you mix in, in there um, the pressures from the system that you're in, you know, you talked about the environment, uh, drug dealers outside there. It's very, very, very difficult. Very tough. You know, but again, what is it about you that you, you came to the realisation 17 plus that you, you're taking this drug it's just not helping you mm-hmm. um where did you go and you realize now it's just down to you yeah, yeah do you think it's because first and foremost you are the only child yeah it could have something to do with that um it was it's that feeling inside of you that you know your life's going downhill yeah. you know and it's more than that you know i mean i've tried every pretty much every drug out there when i was young you know mm-hmm. And I was always told, like, because I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm quite smart, you know. Um, I know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, we all know, you know, heroin is a very addictive drug. Yeah. If you take that more than once, you're going to have a really bad addiction and have a real hard time coming off, right? So I tried that. I'd never, never stuck a needle in my arm, but I'd smoked it. Um, and I tried it and I left it at that, you know, because I was curious. Yeah. I wanted to see what, what it done for people. And then I left it at that. The only one that I got caught up with was the, the crack cocaine for a six month period. Yeah. Just because 
it was a curiosity thing again. Should we try it? You're in that environment. This is what people do, um, you know, and then all of a sudden six months have gone by and you're, you're struggling. Yeah. You know, yeah. emotions are getting harder um, and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, and it wasn't fair on it. It was, it's like a self-torture. You know, because now your mental state is is crazy, you know, and that that feeling of being constantly angry, constantly anxious, I can't live like that. Yeah. So so there were levels to this because you did speak about um at a point you didn't care. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you got this, you got the level of not caring. Yeah. But then there's other levels beneath that you go to before you reach the bottom. Well, there might not be a bottom, but you know. I wasn't caring, mm. but now I realise that my life is going going down a track that it's not sustainable. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you need to get yourself out of that. This is it. And I think that their parents, they would were you ever um, depressed during yeah. that period of time? Yeah, but that's what they talk about depression. They say it's a it's a feeling that is so much lower than what you previously thought your lowest mood could be. Of course, and it's consistently like that. Of course, yeah. So you're going through this 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 period. Um, what effects did it have on the people around you, particularly your mother? Was she aware of this situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she was, um, you know, she knows I'm very open with my mum now. I'm proud of the person I am now, yeah. you know, which is why I can talk about these things openly because I know what sort of a person I am. I know who I am. I'm comfortable with myself. Um, we're only human, you know, everyone has issues in their life, everyone's made mistakes. It's about how you're living and how you're going to be a better person. Correct. You know? So, um, yeah, I'm sure she, she had an idea, um, but I was a powerful man at a young age. Yeah. So she, she didn't have the, the um, authority to put me on the right track. The only, thing that she, the only way that she could do it was through trusting me Yep. that eventually I'd sort it out and, and loving me. Wow. You know? Wow. So this is the thing about authority. You know, where do you think, who could have given you authority at that age? And as I'm looking at you, Lee, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of like energies. Just like, it's although you're sitting still, yeah, <laughs> there's energy there. Thank you. You know, which is, I guess, being with you for a long time mm-hmm. and the challenge, how you channel that energy. This is it. This um, is it. Would, would have been important. Of course. So the, the journey then when you went into the karate. Yeah. T- talk to me a bit about that. How did, what was it like for you? You talk about the structure again, um, the discipline that you need to go through. You said you always had discipline. Yeah. Even though you, there was chaos at times yeah. in around you. Yeah. yeah. So um, the karate was, was mainly, it was, a, it was something that I enjoyed doing when I was young, right? And it was the only thing, you know, when you exercise, you release endorphins. So it was the only thing that made me feel good when, when I was, when I was doing it. Um, and you know, so when I had these, had these issues, um, it got to a point where I had problems with, um, guys in my area that got blown way out of proportion. And it was literally because I was sitting in the car with one of my friends and someone rode past on a bike and started um, shouting names at him. So I said to my friend, like, why, why, friend of the time, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why are you letting him talk to you like that? Yeah. He said, Lee, just leave it, don't worry about it. Yeah. I said, no, 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 I'm not gonna allow that. Yeah. Because you have, uh, you have a, um, a reputation to uphold, right? You yeah. can't let people, if people see you're weak, yeah. it's the end of you. It's the end for you. Yeah. So um, I jump out of the car and I say, hey, come here, come and talk to me like that. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, watch, you're going to get it too. Yeah. From that moment, I had so much trouble. I mean, we would be driving down the road um, and cars would block us in. Um, I was driving my mum's car um, on a particular day. And one of the lads, I don't know how he saw me or whatever, but he jumped out from between two cars yeah. with an iron bar and and my window was open and it just touched my nose, you know, like, and I thought that could have probably killed me. Yeah. You know, some of the situations we got in were life-threatening, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, it, I had to get out of there. And when it got to this point, I turned to my mum and I said, listen, mum, 
I, I need your help. Mm. I need to get out of here now because yeah. if I don't, my life, I'm either going to go to prison mm-hmm. or someone's going to end up dead. Yeah. And you knew people with this, that's on that path already in prison. Of course. Might, might even lost a life. So yeah. where did karate find you then? Um, so this is, this is the, the hard, hard. So where the karate didn't fire me. The karate was something that I did when I was younger. It was just something that fortunately I had that I enjoyed. So, you know, I, I would watch like the Van Damme movies. Yeah, and, me too. And yeah. <laughs> blood sports. Is yeah. To me, the first five minutes of blood sports. There you go. Probably one of the best films ever. Kickboxer. Yeah, right? kickboxer. Yeah. yeah. All of that. So, um, yeah, we, we, it was, it was mainly, it was a thing where when I started to sort my life out, my, my mum sent me to live with my dad because he was out of the area. Okay. He married a woman in Hertfordshire mm-hmm. um, and I went to live up with him. Mm-hmm. So when I went to live with him, um, that was the first time I got a job. I went into the Slugger Lettuce mm-hmm. um, near him and I walked in there and I asked for a, for a job. Mm-hmm. It took me a while, but mm-hmm. eventually I, I got a bar job. So I started working there. And funny enough, we had a manager and he came in and he used to go to me, Lee, what's going on, blood, right? <laughs> and whatever. And I used to go home pissed off. And he used to say to my dad, like, why is he taking the piss out of me? Like, he said, Lee, maybe he's got a point, right? And I thought about it and yeah. I started to change my, the way that I spoke. That was the first thing. There you go. There you go. There you go. Pause one second, right? On on this show, just get you up to speed, Lee. Yeah. We, we, we drop mic drops yep. moments, yeah? So we drop bombs when mm. people say things that are profound. Right? Okay. So it goes to a little something like this. So when you talk about changing mm. your the way you speak, sure. say that again. When you change the way that you speak. There it is, guys. That's a mic drop. Because a, a lot of people fail to realise that your mouth can open doors for you in, in this world. It's the same mouth that can close doors and opportunities for you in this world, yeah? So paying close attention to the way we speak, the way you articulate yourself. Yes, we do know their slang. Yeah, we all know it. I, I was guilty of it, right? But if you want people to have a clearer understanding of yourself, you need to be bilingual, yeah? Sure. Trilingual, whatever the case may be. Keep understanding the phonetics that are within your environment, but be able to switch. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> to switch like that. So be adaptable. Yeah, adapt. Yeah. yeah? So you can communicate, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry about the interruption. I felt that. No, thank you. I appreciate there. it. So yeah, so you, now adjusting your, 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 the way you speak, yeah? Sure, yeah. What else were, what else were adjusting as well? So, you know, um, that was that was my my first, so let's, let's get my, my, um, yeah, the, the way that I speak, let's yeah. get this correct so I can have a, a decent conversation with yeah. people. Um, and then I was still dabbling in drugs. Um, I was drinking at the bar job. People were sniffing cocaine, so mm-hmm. I'd sniff cocaine with them. Um, I would uh, still smoke weed, do stuff like this. Um and, you know, it got to a, so my mum was living in East London and she was selling her house. Yeah. Um, she got it left by her, her grandmother. So not, not left to her, but she got it for a very good price. Um, and I think she had some help to, to get it. Then she wanted to sell it. She met uh, a guy that she's with now. Um, and she said, Lee, while I'm selling the house, if you want, you can move back into the house. Mm. So that's what I did. I moved back to East London and I moved back into a one, two, three bedroom house on my own. Um, and then, you know, I've always had, like I said, milestones in my life. I don't know why I've always given myself, I said, right, by the time I'm 25, I need to knock all this shit on the head. Yeah. 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 Enough's okay. enough. I've yeah. done this from 14 years old. I've had enough. I want to, I want a better life for myself. Yeah. So let's get into that. So, um, 25 years old, I'm 33 now. Mm. I was searching for something to do. And, you know, we, when I was, uh, um, I'm scooting 
forward a few years now. Mm. When I was 22, I moved to Brentwood, where I am now. Yeah. Um, my mum helped me with getting the place that I'm in. Um, and I moved up here, but obviously I'm still growing. So yeah. I've moved out of this place and I've moved to Brentwood and I got another bar job in the Slugger Lettuce here. Um, and I was going out with people, still doing drugs, you know, going to raves, doing ecstasy. So it had changed. You know, I started in what what they would call the ghetto, yeah. you know, and doing all these these hard drugs and, and more of a darker side to it. Yeah. And then I'd moved to a more affluent area and the drugs were still there, but they changed. Why is that? Why is like, the possession of drugs different depending on environment? Oh, God. It's a good question. That is a very good question. Um, money, I would say. Yeah. You know, um, because in the areas I grew up, there was poverty. Yeah. And people would do it to, this is my turf, you know, yeah. and there was, and people were doing it as more of an es- uh, escape from everything. Yeah. Whereas okay. in like these areas, I think people have stresses like everyone, but they're different stresses. So oh, let's go out and we'll have a blowout. That's what that's what I find so funny when people <laughs> same drug, two different types of people. One will call it recreational drugs, yeah. Thing, yeah? <laughs> and the other person might be using it to literally survive. Yeah, this is it. You know, um, yeah, but sure. they're taking the same, the same, same yeah. And I guess because I work for drug and alcohol services, and I could tell you the effects on the on the on the, the human body yeah. is still the same. Yeah, yeah. But maybe the support around you. Coming out of that is different for as sure. well. And obviously, as you said, in terms of the financial things, if you, you're not broke and you can afford to buy a blowout every weekend. This is it. But if you can't afford it and you're robbing, stealing, the arm yeah. of the law will probably get you way before mm-hmm. the addiction really gets you. Exactly. You know, exactly. so no, that's interesting. So you're you're in you're in this and you're talking about milestones. So yeah. which other which which were the key milestones then that were coming up? So the 25 was a big one for me because yeah. I said, you know, when I turn 25, yeah. I, I want to be rid of this stuff. Yes. Um I was working in a bar and I used to have in, in the slug days, and I used to have a guy come in and spend a hell of a lot of money on drink and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I asked him and I said, you know, what, what is it that you do? What do you do? So he said, um, oh, I'm a trader. So my ears bing, picked up. I've always wanted to do that, you know? Same here. I don't understand it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it took me, it took me years, but I befriended this gentleman. Okay. Um, and he I said to him, I really want to learn, I really want to get into this job. How about if I come and work for you for free? So he said, okay, over a number of years, we, I started to go up to Canary Wharf and I was learning the markets, learning how and to that, And that's for free people. Any young person listening to this and they think they are entitled to the dream job without working away from the bottom or literally for free. Listen, listen to what Lee's saying. Many, many great people have done the same thing. Work for nothing. Yeah. You understand? Because what you're getting back is invaluable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But same situation. Yeah. Started to work for him. Um, we would, it was the trader's lifestyle. 12 o'clock in the morning. Lee, do you want to go for a coffee? As long as it's a coffee, just a coffee. Yeah, of course. We go there, bottle of wine on the table. Bang. He'll disappear for a minute, come back, stick a gram of cocaine into mm. my pocket. Mm. So, you know, and we was going through this. The guy that he was working with, I got to a point where he put a hundred grand into the bank, into the account for me. So I was trading off of a hundred grand. And, um, you know, I was just sitting there and I, I, I was thinking, this, this isn't what I want to do. Mm. You know, I mean, as much as it's that flashy lifestyle, there's a lot of money here, but what am I really doing? I'm doing the same stuff I've always been doing. I'm going out, I'm drinking, I'm using drugs. My health is declining. I don't feel good. I'm waking up in the morning, hungover, getting on that train and going back and doing the same over again. So, you know, I was like, this has got to change. So I walked into the office um, and I said, look, I'm really appreciate what you've done for me, but I'm going to have to leave. 
And he asked me why. He said, you're crazy. (laughs) Why are you doing this? Um, He used to work for Goldman Sachs. And they gave him an office on the side to run his own trading business. So he was really good at what he'd done, multimillionaire. Um, and, you know, and I just said, and I told him the reason. And he said, Lee, do you know what? I totally respect that. You know, good luck to you. And that was the end of that. And then from that, I, I had been in sales. So um, I then went into recruitment. While this was going on, the guys that I met from Brentwood that I would go out and drink with and, and made friends with, we'd watch the UFC on the, on the TV. Yeah. These guys fighting in the cage. It's and, late night, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching that and, you know, they're wow, look at this and this is crazy. And I used to sit there quiet and think I could do that. So there was a guy that used to live in my building. Um, his name was Simon and he used to do Filipino stick fighting. And he always used to have black eyes and stuff. And, and I, I started speaking to him and, um, I said, you know, I wanted to get into cage fighting. Well, um, but, and he said, right, this is what you need to do. Go, um, I've heard about this guy called um, Alon Sequeira. He runs a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu club in Enfield, East London. Go and see him. Go and give it a go. So that was my first little um, introduction to, to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I used to go up there and I wasn't driving at the time. I used to know a girl that was, that had a drug habit. Um, and she would lend me her car to go and train just a friend, nothing, um, nothing other than a friend. And I used to drive up, do jujitsu and then drive back. And they would all be sniffing coke. So I'm like, so you can't really get away it's from this. Hard. <laughs> right? I'm trying. And it's finding you, right? Exactly. It's finding you. What was the first, um, what was that? Um, and I'm going to deal with stereotypes now. When we watch these martial arts films like Karate Kid and all that kind of stuff, the first meeting between the teacher and the potential student. <laughs> right. <laughs> what so, was that like? So when when I first started doing it, you know, I was still young. Yeah. Um, I was still finding my feet. Um, and it was, you know, as soon as the, the car broke down, mm-hmm. I stopped going. Mm-hmm. So that was that. And then um, I carried on with my life, came away from it. And then I went to MMA for um, a little while. I've done it for two years, the MMA, um, solid, committed. The MMA is, what's, what's that? That's the, that's the cage fight. That's the cage fight. Yeah, okay. mixed martial arts. Okay, mixed martial arts. Sure. Got it, got it. Which is really tough, um, you know, and, but it, it gave me a good, good stance for the rest of my life. And then I was just looking up on, on Google and I typed in, because um, I, I enjoyed training with Alons. He's a, he was a very energetic um, guy had good energy that like I liked. Um, so I Googled it and he'd opened another academy really close to me. So I was like, great, let me go down. So I was still doing the mixed martial arts and I went and spoke to him and I said to him, Alonso, um, I've got a problem with cocaine. Now, my problem wasn't like everyone else's, you know, like, or, or, or when I say a problem, it's not maybe the, not the stereotypical problem that people would, would um, think of. It was just when I would go out and have a drink at a weekend, then I would want to do cocaine. So drink, do cocaine, drink, do cocaine. It, was just, it, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I need the drug. Yeah. It was just um, like that. And he said to me, Lee, he said, I know I've done it. You know, it's a good buzz. He said, you need to replace it with something better, a better buzz. This is a better buzz. So that was it. You know, that was my first, um, okay. So now I'm putting all my energy into something I love because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's, it's very, um, they call it a human game of chess. It's very technical. Okay. So it's a it's a ground fighting um, discipline. Ground fighting is is it full contact? Full contact, but okay. there's no strikes. No strikes. So if you add strikes, it becomes 
cage fighting, it comes from mixed martial arts. Okay. So you start on your feet. Um, there's two types. There's, there's a few types, but the, the main two are in a gi. So the kimono uh, with a belt. And then you have um, no gi, which is the just shorts and T-shirt. You start standing. Um, you use either wrestling or judo throws to get your opponent to the ground. Okay. Once you end up on the ground, you then work on um, pinning the guy. So to control him. Is that shoulders down? Yeah. Yeah. So like wrestling. Yeah. Holding the guys to the ground. And then you work on moving through a series of um, moves to submit your opponent. The way that you would submit is by hyperextending a joint or a choke. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's me, I tap out. Yeah. Wow. So there's no um, one, two, three, no. none of that. So when you talk about extending, <laughs> what, you're dislocating, you're talking about? You're, if, if they don't tap your brakes, I think, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it's real. It's real. Yeah. It is 100% real. Um, and you know, this um, this was something that I, <clears throat> when I would go through my life and I was um, I was in recruitment. This is a doggy dog world, you know. Yeah. When when people are focusing on the money, their lives through what I've seen are unfulfilled. You need to find something that you are passionate about that is going to put you in good stead for tomorrow. Now Lee knows what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be dropping loads, loads. of pearls or wisdom for you guys out there. Passion. Yeah. You know, not, not necessarily you have to know anything, but, you know, that's something that you see all the time. Mm. You know, the nine to fivers. Yeah. You know, yeah. the ones that have never applied for the job properly. They just filled an application form, yeah. but they haven't actually sourced a company that is aligned to something that they want to actually do. Yeah. Going through the motions as it were. Yeah. Rat race. Surviving. <laughs> just existing. Right? Yeah. Existing. Yeah. So you, you didn't want to, you didn't want that path. For I didn't want to exist. Yeah. You Good. know, I want, I want something more for my life. Yeah. So I was, um, I found it tough because, you know, I've always wanted to be, Good to people. Um, I've always been a good person. I've always wanted to help people, but this isn't the way the world's built, unfortunately. Most definitely. You yep. know, things knock you down. Um, and for me to be that person, I had, it's a balance, man. You've got like the yin and the yang, right? You can't have one without the other. So you need to understand chaos to have peace. Yeah. You know. Oh my God, you're on the roll again. <laughs> One more. <laughs> Getting trigger happy. Yeah. Getting trigger happy. But you need to break that down again because th- th- there was a lot in that sentence. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you can unpack that for us. Okay. So, you know, out of. You need to be prepared to suffer to an extent to have the good things in life. You know, nothing comes easy. You know, we, we can all coast through life. We yeah. can all, um, yeah, we can all just, 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 just do that. I think with, um, when I was in, in, in these jobs, I was, I was unhappy. I still had my training, but you know, I'm, and um, one of the main reasons I was doing it was for my, for my mother, because I'm an only child. Yeah. So, I needed to make her feel secure, happy as well. You know, she's done a lot for me. I want to repay her, but I'm not happy. Yeah. And if I'm not happy, I'm not helping anybody. Yeah. Self-preservation, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I left um, the job that I was in and I got another, I got headhunted for another recruitment place. Um, it was a really good opportunity. It was a startup company, um, and it, it it was the potential of of a lot of money, you know, yeah. a year for for someone my age at the time. Um, but then I was approaching my thirties, and my nan had just passed away, 
and she'd left me some inheritance money. And I walked from, from, from my desk, I went to the toilet and I looked at myself in the mirror again. It's one of those moments. I looked yeah. in the mirror and I looked tired. And I said, you know, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. So I picked up the phone and I rang my mother and I said, Mum, I'm going to make a decision and I want to know you're okay with it because I respect you. So she said, what, what's that? <laughs> what now? <laughs> so I said, I'm going to make the decision to leave my job yeah. and never work for anyone ever again. Wow, that's powerful. That is extremely powerful. That is a bold decision. Yeah. And you went to your mom. Yeah. And at, yeah. and at this stage, sorry for interrupting you again, I want, just want to say, big up all the mothers out there raising their kids, right? Big up, because it's not easy out there. You know, particularly the single mothers out there doing it on their own. We just salute you guys. Keep doing what you're doing because... Your children will listen to you. Oh, yeah, 100%. It might take time, you know, but we tend to do, children tend to do what they see their parents doing yeah. over and above what they hear their parents saying. For sure. You see what I mean? Sure. So the qualities I'm seeing in Lee that he must have got from Oh, mother. yeah. My mum's an angel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you spoke to your mum about this, this um, decision to... Go it alone. Yeah. Work for yourself. Yeah. You know, and how did that go? Yeah. So it was a jiu-jitsu. It was the only thing in my life that, you know, like I did that I was happy. Yeah. The only time I had that, that it's like a meditation, you know, it's a flow. Um, the only time my head was clear um, was when I was sparring with people, when I'm going through techniques and my mind's working on the techniques and I'm like, this is, this is pure. You know, this is an art. This is this is something that's sparking my imagination. It's keeping me healthy. It's making me fit. Plus, the drink, drugs, out and all of that sort of stuff. It doesn't supplement this. Yeah, you know, okay. so it, it just makes sense. Yeah. So the drinks, drugs do not supplement mm. your um, jujitsu. Yeah? No, no. Um, but the jujitsu complements. Your values and your principles. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. No, that that's the, that 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 is what it's about. It's finding that connection. Yeah. And once you find it, I think you're compelled to put yourself in an environment whereby you do that all the time. All the time. So what what is it about the the I got jujitsu? Yeah. Jujitsu. Yeah. What is at the essence of jujitsu? Is it jujitsuism? Is that a word? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's, no. <laughs> maybe we can make a word. We can make a word. <laughs> <laughs> Epic film, right? But, but yeah, um, what is at the essence of that art, that 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 um that sport? What is it? Do you know what? I think it's got a lot to do with like if you if you watch jujitsu guys, right? We're all happy. We're all bouncing off of each other. We like human interaction. Like when you touch some people, some people are like we we jump all over each other, cuddle each other, right? Because it's it's that. I think you let off a hormone when you when you have that contact with people, yeah. you know. The first time, I mean, we've got closed guard, right? Mm. So closed guard is me wrapping my legs around your waist. Mm. When I first done that, mm. I'm like, this feels weird. I'm wrapping my legs around another guy's waist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that feels weird. Yeah. But when you understand it, it's like you, you've got that human interaction and I'm lending you my limbs, mm. you know? So you've got you, you um you form really tight bonds, you know, and it's like, it, it's, it's something that's so hard. It's, done that. it's not normal for, I know the world is changing different views, but again, being tactile. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. There's some cultures yeah. that are tactile, mm-hmm. like the, the Spanish, Italians, they, they, they like to embrace the French, like to yeah. kiss this, but yeah. the English, the stiff upper lip. Exactly. <laughs> like most is back straight. Yeah. Extend the hand, yeah, yeah. shake it, and that's it. You exactly. don't get too close. No. Um, I think there's something in that, mm-hmm. de- definitely. Yeah. Um, that gives you a sense of confidence in who you are. For sure. You know, I think the boundaries around the perim- perimeter of your, your girth. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. this is my space. This is it. You see, you see, um, when you drive. Yeah. As well. You yeah, know, yeah. you go from country driving to inner city driving. Yeah. You know, this is my, <laughs> my space. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, wow. like like exactly that. Like you see, there's a space for a car for you to fit in. Yeah, the car will speed up and not let you in. Yeah, yeah. Me, if I'm driving and I'm I'm you know I'm not the um, I don't drive at the moment because I have been um, too uh, heavy on the pedal yeah. at times. So, but I've never been one to close a gap on someone. Yeah. If someone wants to get in, I will let you in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, with jiu-jitsu, there's a, it's, it's a well-known thing that it teaches you to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Wow, yeah. 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 So, you know, and that spills into your life yeah. with your emotions. Yeah. Um, you, know, you, you know, you need to have control over your emotions. You need to not act on your emotions. Like step back for a minute. Think about what's happening you know, mm-hmm. and, and address it later, you know, never like respond through an angry emotion or, or if you're upset, give it 10 minutes, yeah. you know, and then address it, you know? So, um, yeah, jujitsu has been a lifesaver for me. Um, and so, so when you went to, um, Poland, yes. How did that happen? How did that come about? <sighs> right. So this is getting back to the, um, what, what, what we spoke about with the, the light and the dark, you know, and I truly believe, you know, look, you can call it what you want to call it. Um, I always say to people to put it in black and white, mm-hmm. God and the devil, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's an easy way to do it. Yeah. I think when you say to some people, people will be, you know, they think of God as this person in the sky. That's not my belief. My belief, I believe in energy, mm-hmm. you know, um, just like a higher energy, so like a good energy uh, and a bad energy, and you can call that you can call that the light and the dark, the yeah. yin and the yang, God, the devil, whatever. Yeah. But whenever, through my experience, whenever you're trying to make progress, the devil wants you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could testify to that. Yes, yeah. he will. Yeah. He will throw things in your way, temptations or um, or stresses or anything that will push you off of your path, right? It's up to you to hold your ground, keep your feet firmly planted, right? So when I was coming up to, through this whole situation, situation through my whole life. Which uh, is a situation. Which is a situation. In the greatest scheme of things. Exactly. In the history of the planet Earth. It's just a moment. It's just a situation. For sure. Yeah. I had a best friend. This friend came in the form of a little dog. Oh, man. <laughs> and his name was Jensen. Man, the dog um, I came to, I'm going to get emotional now. No, 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 don't, don't worry. Don't worry. He was, um, he was, I think I had him when I was about 17. And he was the best thing, man. Like, I mean, he was there through all of my growing up, through all of my breakups, through all of my hard times. And it got to a point where I was like, you know, I started to sort my life out more and more as I was growing up. And I said to myself, you know, I never want to sort my, sort my life out too much because I know that when I do, he'll leave me. So I got to a point in my jiu-jitsu where I'm doing really well. Um, to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu, the average time is around eight to 10 years, full commitment. I am a brown belt now, so my next belt will be black. So I've been at this for a long time. Um, I got my brown belt and in November last year, um, or maybe just before he got sick. So he started to bleed from his nose mm. and you know, I'm like, this is it. And I had a plan at the time. I had a plan because there's a really, there's a, there's a world-class team called Atos. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of the most decorated Brazilian jiu-jitsu athletes in the world is a guy called Andre Galvão. His brother lives in Barcelona. Now, Cutting a long story, a long or a longer story shorter, um, I ended up in Barcelona by chance, mm. and I ran into Gustavo, his brother. So um, I was like, "This is it. 
this is where I need to be. Mm. You know, I've had enough of England. Um, I'm, I'm at a point where I need to take my jiu-jitsu to the next level. This guy's amazing. They welcome me. His wife's a multi-world champion now. You know, their, 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 their energy is really good. Um, and the team there, they've always been welcoming to me, you know. So I was like, I'm going to move to Barcelona and I'm going to join this team. But how am I going to do it? I've got my dog and I've got all these things going on. And then, bang, he gets sick. And I'm like, oh, my God. I can just feel, I can just feel the pain. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. I've, I've got a good dog myself and, yeah. Yeah. It, t- it takes a dog owner to understand yeah. the point between. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, you know, I'm an only child. That was my, that was my connection, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and at the same time, I met my, my girlfriend, you know, and this girl is, is, she's, Oh man, I don't even know what to put into words. You know, it's a very special thing that we've got. Mm-hmm. She came, um, she came out of a difficult situation um, when I met her, and I was going just going through a very difficult situation. So, um, yeah, he started bleeding from the nose. Um, I, I had to get a scan. It turned out he had a tumor. Then 14, mm-hmm. 14 years, this dog's been with me. Um, it broke me it completely broke me and I you know like they said to me we can buy him another year and we can do like radiotherapy on his nose but he might turn him blind in one eye and I said this dog's my best friend Mm. I'm not going to do that to him Mm. and we were here sitting here and he climbed up onto me and I said I said Jensen cancer will eat you alive Mm. yeah I can't let that happen to you yeah and it was this particular moment he was laying on me or just laying next to me. And I said to him, and, I, and it was the first time in a couple of weeks because I was bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in a couple of weeks that I had the composure to speak to him. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I, I said, Jensen, do you want me to put you to sleep? Yeah. Douglas, he picked his head up mm-hmm. and he laid his head on my chest. <sighs> right. So... That was it. Um, a few days later, I took him outside. He was sick. He had, um, you know, he went to the toilet and it came out of him like water. So I picked up the phone. I rang the vet. I said, I, I want to bring him in. Mm-hmm. So um, I then rang Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Kaylee came and got me. She took me down to the vet. And, um, yeah, I, I, I put him to sleep, you know. That was tough. That was tough. That, that must have been tough. Um, <laughs> dogs. Um, and again, I think if you take a look at the, let's just pause a second because there's so much more that we need to discuss. Okay. So let's- you are so much more. MikeDropClub.com. Make life boom. And, and they say that um, we can learn from anybody or anything, you know, and learning from a dog is such a beautiful thing yeah. you can do for because they give you unbridled love, love yeah. you know, unconditional love that um, you don't get from human beings. Yeah. Human beings will let you down time and time again. Mm. And we, we come to accept that, but the rock that comes in the form of a dog. Yeah. The life lessons in terms of the tenacity, the the drive, the hunger. You know, they say sometimes a fight a dog's bigger than an actual oh, dog. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I've got a French bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's two years old, his name is Shaka. And the fight in him yeah. is ridiculous. And then yeah. I, I look at my size and I take a look at the times in my life where I've been broken by lesser things. Yeah. I'll put this dog in literally in a cage <laughs> behind a door that's shut. <laughs> and I can hear him throughout the night trying to pick holes at this lock, get out of the cage, yeah. try and open the door and get out. And it will not stop. Yeah. It will not stop. So where, where we can learn lessons from that in our life is, look, sometimes being like a dog, yeah. literally, yeah. is good. You've got to have these... Um, Belief systems, these principles yeah. that, as Lee was talking about earlier, 
when times get hard, the devil's in your life, putting all these challenges in front of you, you got to be solid. Mm. Plant those feet and yeah. be solid. Even if you're being stubbornly <laughs> solid, rather do that than yield. Yeah, and this, and this is the thing, because a lot of people, you know, they say sometimes with, uh, oh, there can't be a God, or, um, you know, oh, God wouldn't do this to me. No, 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 this is bullshit. This isn't how I look at life. I look at life like when when I have adversities in my life, I look at it like, no, this is, listen, these these things, these good things are only reserved for the people willing to pay the price. So you have to be strong because God's there. When Listen, when I say God, because I'm, you know, I'm not a religious person and I don't want to come across to people listening that that don't have those beliefs in, in the wrong way. What I mean is the love the light the the beautiful things they are all around you yeah you only have to look yeah. you know but the the other energy the dark energy is constantly trying to mask you yeah i took i took um a note i was speaking to um one of my colleagues and um he, he gave me this quote right this passage, I'm not sure where it's from, but when I find it, I'll, I'll put the information in the show notes. In fact, everything that we spoke about today, the jujitsu stuff, where you want to um, join the clubs and put that in the show notes, right? But in terms of this whole concept of creation, God, and all that kind of stuff, this is what I was told. I, I wrote it down because it was profound for me. It goes, if you want to try and understand the concept of God, yeah? First, take away, close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes, chill. No one's going to do anything to you. It's all good. We're all friends. Close your eyes. Now, take away all the planets in the sky. Yeah? In your imagination. Close your eyes. Imagine the no planets. Yeah? Right? Then remove all the stars. And in fact, go further. Erase every single thing out of the solar system. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, as you stand there in total blackness, yeah? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, am I truly alone? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, but, but this is it, you know, because I believe, yeah, you know, you, you do. You just have to look for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to look for the evidence in yourself. Find beauty in strange things. Find beauty in everything, in fact. Just be open-minded and be in the moment. So, um, if we can just talk very, very quickly in terms of now you're doing this competition. Right. So, so this happened. And when, when I say this, you know, I'm, I'm in this, my career is kicking off. So I, you know, I've got to a point now that I, I am competing and I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for this, this competition. I believe it was in March. Mm. I lost my dog in February. Mm. So you can imagine yeah. how my head was. Um, and I went there, I got on a plane on my own, no team with me, went to Poland and my first fight, I lost. I got a bronze medal. Again, a test. Mm. Go home. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But there's four different categories. So I done, it's in the gi, my weight class, the gi, open weight class, no gi, my weight class, no gi, open weight class. So, you know, I'm looking up and I'm thinking of my dog. I'm thinking, no, I promise I'll do every one. So I'm staying. But every time I've done, so I got a bronze medal and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Mm. The next, um, the next bracket, I won gold. Then my head went, well, you've got your medal now, go. No, no, I'm staying. And then I got another gold medal and then another gold medal. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd won. And then, um, God, it's crazy. I didn't even feel um, the uh, reward until I landed in the plane back in the UK. Okay. And then um, I had a few more um, more things happen, you know. I, I got um, – this was a tough year for me. So bearing in mind, when, when – I'll just rewind back a little bit. When I, when I was losing my dog, I had got to a point in my life where I'd had enough. So a few years before or a year before, my dad told me he had cancer, right, and said he wasn't going to make the year through. So I took him to Barcelona with me. 
We went to Barcelona and he was disgustingly rude to me. Mm. We were in a public place and he was picking things and just his outlook on things were really negative. Mm. And so I was now, I'm grown now, so mm. I was pulling him up on it. Yeah. And I pulled him up on a certain thing and he slammed his hands on, on, on the table and um, screamed fuck off in my face mm. in a public place. Yeah. And I sort of sat back and I went, whoa, like don't ever talk to me like that. And he said to me, what do you mean don't talk to you like that? He said, I'm your father, you're my son, I'll talk to you how you want, how I want. And I said, mm. no. Mm. I said, you're not my fucking father. Mm. I said, what makes you think you've got the right to call yourself my father? Mm. Why? Because you had sex with my mother mm. and you had a child. Man. It doesn't work like that. Right? So when we got back to the UK, I, I, I made a decision that that was the end. We've done this, this backwards and forwards thing too much. Mm. Time to cut you out of my life. So I cut him out. When... Jensen was sick and he was passing away. He, about a week before, he sent me a message on Facebook. He'd had some inheritance money from his, um, he had a massive bust up with his wife. He put a knife to her throat and he got taken, like, sorry, they were separated. Yeah, right? yeah. He still got money out of the house because he put a lot of money into the house. So when, um, when he, when he got the money, um, he'd gone to Thailand and got himself a Thai brand. Okay. So he sent me a picture on Facebook, and a wave on Facebook, in a message, and it was a picture of him and his Thai person. And he owes my mum money from years ago, thousands, like 70,000 or something like that. So I messaged back like, sorry, is there something you want to say? And he didn't reply. So then um, following weeks, you know, um, I, I, I then sent him, look, just quite a nasty message. And I said, stay away from me. Mm. Then I felt bad about it. Yeah. And I went back and I told him, I sent him a detailed message. And yeah. I said, look, I'm really sorry. I'm, I don't want to be bitter. don't want to be angry. Mm. But this is the reasons. You know, you've never taken responsibility as a father. You owe my mum money. And I think it's a cheek for you to send me away with this picture of, with, with, this, with this lady. Um, I said, so, look, I wish you all the best, but it's the end of the line of us. So please stay away from me, you know. Um, all you can do now is try and be a better man. And the day before I put Jensen to sleep, he sent me a message back saying, stay away from you, gladly. You've been like you satrimonious piece of shit. It was like you've been, you've been a pimple on my ass for long enough. This is what he said, right? So it's like, you know, all these events. And I'm, when I'm saying events, these are like like tenfold. I, I, through this year, Douglas, I've had maybe 15 major things happen that have tried to break me. This year almost broke But you're me. still here, bro. But I'm still here, <laughs> you know? But you're still here, bro. Still here, and that's it. And, you know, and it's like now um, I have my goals. My goals, I am going to be a world champion. Indeed, so. And, and I'll salute you to that because I can see the hunger in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> This is it. You have to believe yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a follower. I'm a believer. Believer. Yeah. yeah. Which is far more better. So yeah. all you guys looking for Instagram um, followers, no, no. All you need is people around you that believe in you. Yeah. You know, and yeah, as yeah. Lee has, you know, he's opened his heart out on this podcast. This to me is, 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 is shattering in terms of the whole concept of being open on a microphone because we had a rough script like script in terms of how, how far we want to go. But yeah. Lee has been brutally, I mean, brutally honest mm. in terms of how real his life has been, yeah. you know, and he's sharing with you now where he wants to go. Yeah. And some of you guys are too scared to even speak to people about your own dreams and aspirations. Mm. And I don't, I've not known Lee a long time. So that's, that shows you how confident and how um, comfortable he is in himself. Yeah. So I salute you. Thank you. I salute you on that Thank one. Um, I'm conscious of your time. Yeah, me and, too. And, me and too. Just, just to end on a good note, mm -hmm. you know, you introduced me to your new dog. I did. Yeah. We have a new recruit now. His name is Vinny. Vinny, how you doing, Vinny? Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so how, how has he been in terms of... Um, uh, look, you know, like, so all, all of this stuff, like I'm saying, you know, it has, it's been a tough journey. Life's tough, you know. Yeah. But you, 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 
This is my belief. As long as you are living, so first of all, guys, substances. Yeah, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. If you if you've got anxiety, depression, things like that, alcohol is not going to help you. Yeah. Drugs aren't going to help you. Not going to help you. They're going to make you worse. Right. So, but for you to get to any sort of point in your life where these things start to diminish, these feelings start to diminish, you have to go through. It's going to get worse. When I went through this period and I said to my mother, you know, I'm, life's going to change now. I said, but uh, you need to be prepared for it all to fall apart first. Yeah. You know, because it's not just going to get better. It's going to go a hell of a lot worse before it does. Yeah. The levels to this yeah. pain and this, this yeah. trauma. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's happened. My whole life has broken apart, yeah. but now I've got a beautiful girlfriend. I've got a lovely new puppy. Yes, you do. My jujitsu is thriving. You know, I'm I'm traveling to Lisbon in at the end of this month to compete in the European Championship. My dog club says good luck to you on that one. Thank you very much. Yeah. And um, you know, and it's onwards and upwards. You know, positive. Um, as long as you're living today, this is my belief: living today the best you can. That is not going to hurt tomorrow. Yeah, you've got nothing to worry about. Treat people well. Be good to yourself. There's nothing else to say. All we can say to that is the Mike Drop Club salutes you. Have a fantastic week. Lee, you've been golden. Uh, I'm truly being inspired by this conversation. I'm going to drive back home pumped. Thank you. And um, yeah, all, all well for 2020. Thank you. Good luck to you. Thank we you. out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out MikeDropClub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life, make life boom.